Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Uh, this is Dan Panetti, and I've got a good friend, um, uh, Paisano, um, a brother from another mother with me, uh, mm-hmm. Fred Villa. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about something that I hope is useful, uh, practical, maybe interesting. Um, but it's, uh, it's the idea that um, uh, as men, right, we're going to be uh, the leaders of our family and actually hopefully... Um, leaders in our community, right? I look back at scripture and it talks about the whole idea of the man sits at the city gates uh, and he's invested in his community uh, where he can stand there and he can uh, help keep the bad things away from his community and allow the good things to come in. And one of the things uh, about that idea of being invested in your community is being able to uh, own a home, of actually having a piece of real estate in there. Uh, And so um, I wanted to talk to uh, my real estate agent uh, and my good friend, uh, Fred Villa, and just talk to him about the idea of why is home ownership so important and and what's the difference between owning a home and renting a home, Uh, and then maybe some practical tips about what kind of things should you be looking for if you're looking to buy a home, looking to buy your first home, all the different things, kind of the questions that you would have uh, if you had a real estate agent that you weren't paying, um, that's what we have right now. So um, Fred, tell us a little bit about um, who you are and kind of your background and how you got into the position that you're in now. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Dan. I'm glad to take part in this with you. My name is Fred Villa. I am a Remax real estate agent. I help both buyers and sellers and I've been doing that since 1993. I just decided a career change back in my late 20s and I had been serving people in a different way for a number of years and this just seemed like a great next step. I represent about 50% sellers and about 50% buyers so I have a really nice blend of both sides of the transaction and really do everything by referral. So people who know someone who knows me or people who have worked with me, children of people who have worked with me, and then some clients have bought three, four, five, six homes over the years. They just can't quite settle down where they want to be, and uh, we just keep on working together. Absolutely blessed to get to do what I do. It's a servant industry. I don't sell anything. I help connect people with the right home for what their needs are. Yeah, I love it. And I, I like the idea of connecting people with the right home, right? Because that's one of the things I want to talk to you about is, uh, as I'm as I'm out there looking for a home, let's start with that idea, right? Um, what what do you, what do you mean by connecting a person with the right home? Like what what are, what kind of questions are you asking people so that you can place them at the at the right position in the in the right kind of neighborhood, mm-hmm. the right kind of home? What what things are you looking? To, yeah, to great question. So we do typically try to meet before we just jump in the car and start looking at homes. We want to look at their finances. I want to connect them with a very trusted uh, mortgage lender that I would work with. And they're looking at four key aspects of the finances, and that's your income, your debt, your cash on hand, and your credit scores. Okay. You cannot just walk up to a person and say, what are interest rates today? They're different for everyone. The higher your credit scores, the lower your debt, the more cash on hand, the better rate you're going to get. So first we've got to either through me with pencil and paper or with my mortgage lender, come up with a number that you're comfortable. This price range, 250000 to 300000 That's the price range that you're comfortable with what the payment looks like. You have the cash on hand. Everything works out. And then we really start talking more about the, the areas where they work, 
Are they in school? Do they plan on having kids? Are schools important to them? Do they want to be off highways, close to highways? They want to be really tucked in a neighborhood. They don't want to be in a busy street. Uh, just, you know, we really kind of draw a picture of where do you see yourselves living? Single guy, where do you see yourself living? Couple yourselves, what does this look like within the parameters of the price range that the mortgage lender has really helped us establish works best for this couple? So it's, it's really a lot of sitting and talking and taking good notes. And then we eventually get in the car and start looking at some homes. Some people take a very, very wide range and little by little by little, we narrow that down. They look at some homes, they say, okay, not this age or not this square footage or not that type of garage. And we just kind of get out there and look a little bit. And I can say on every, every case, someone eventually walks in a home and they just say, this, this is it. This feels right. This looks right. It's in the right neighborhood. This is the one you re rarely have to convince yourself it's the right home. It's just a really kind of an amazing process to go through with people. I kind of, it's a little bit like dating <laughs> and you're dating and you're trying some different things. Yeah. You're thinking, I don't care yeah. for this. I don't, I don't like someone who's into that. And then just, boy, that, then all of a sudden there's a connection. And that's really what trying to find, I'm, I'm marrying you to a home for a time and hoping that it's just a really good fit for you. Now, practically speaking, you mentioned about interest rates, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a young guy, I'm in college, let's say, um, you know, living at college and I'm thinking about, you know, going to graduate in a couple of years and I want to get married and mm. I want to have a home. Um, so repairing your credit score, right? Because you mentioned how your credit score is very important. Mm -hmm. You're going to get lower interest rates. You're going to get a better deal. Um, what are things you can do to improve your credit rating? Great question. I had a buyer recently who is self-employed, makes incredible money, but paid cash for everything. Ah. And he literally had no credit. Had no credit. So nobody wanted to talk to him. He had no track record. <laughs> he couldn't prove. It's kind of like when you're applying for college, yeah. you have to show a history in high school. Right. What if you had no grades, no grades. and you're trying to apply for college? Yeah. So uh, what, what I did with both of my kids, we got them credit cards with small limits, let them start there. They would charge whatever they normally would pay cash for and pay it off. Okay. Charge a little, pay it off. Then eventually maybe you go to Target and they're offering a special discount if you get a card. Get a second card, but be very, very careful that you can always pay off what you're charging. And you're establishing credit. You're establishing a history. You buy a car, maybe you can afford to pay cash, but let's finance it just for six months, eight months, two years, whatever. Make those payments on time. If you've gotten to the point where you have bad credit, there are people in the industry that can really help you see what needs to be worked on, what needs to be corrected, but a history of long, late payments and bad rental history is going to take maybe a couple of years to really clean up. You've yeah. got a, and, and a good mortgage lender, the mortgage lender I refer people to would say, hey, here's three or four things that would make a drastic difference. You've got to pay off that loan, We've got to go talk to these people and see if they'll give you some grace on what they've reported. And it may take another year of paying well to erase some paying poorly. So that might be something that you do before you even start looking for a home. Build your credit. Build yes. your credit. Yep. Begin to look at that. And you're right. Paying paying something as opposed to paying nothing, right? right. Um, just something on every bill, right? Making sure that you get those payments in on time. Things like that are, are super helpful. So establish right? A good credit record right? Uh, and begin to build that up. And if it's bad, figure out how to repair that. And it may take a year or so right. uh, to figure out and repair that. Um, the other part about home ownership that I really wanted to dive into is the whole idea of, um, of building equity, right? So the market that we're in right now, um, our home values, right? in the DFW you know, area are, you know, going through the roof. And so 
you know, in a sense, my, my wealth is increasing because I own a home. If mm -hmm. I were living in an apartment right now, right, you know, the, the rent would be the same. Um, you know, somebody's, you know, changing all the different things. And, and you know, there's, there's, a, there's a blessing. I don't have to mow my lawn if I'm in an apartment, right? But I also miss that, um, that influx of, of wealth that's being created, right? So that, um, let's say, in five years or 10 years or whatever, I want to sell my home, right? That, that value of that home has increased. But in five years, if I wanted to move out of an apartment, right, I don't get any value in that, right? And I think that's, that's something that maybe a lot of young people don't think about. They just think about saving money, mm -hmm. right? And what's the lowest, you know, cost per month out of my pocket, you know, right. renting or buying, right. and, you know? So talk, talk to the young person about, um, like, why would you buy and when would you buy? Yeah, terrific. So I'm a dad of uh, two young people, and I'm a dad of one young person who just recently got married and bought his first home. Mm -hmm. So I kind of rode this ride with him. Now, he was uh, a senior in college and decided to get married his senior year. And so upon graduation, they were not really ready to buy a home. He's brand new, getting a new job, wanting to make sure this new city is the right place. They're moving to Jacksonville, Florida, and that they get established. So they did rent for 18 months. They did an 18-month lease which made sense for them. They did rent a home rather than an apartment. Okay. So they had the lawn, they had neighbors, they had a driveway, they had all the things that come with a home, but they really couldn't get in there and personalize the home because any money you spend on someone else's home goes to them mm -hmm. and they weren't building anything. They right. were paying their rent. So you're not, you're not gonna take carpeting and put in wood floor in a exactly. house that you're renting. You're right. not gonna, hey, let's, let's increase walls, the kitchen to Yeah, to do marble. a covered patio, right. <laughs> none of that. And they right. had a lot of ideas of things they'd like to do to make it more homey. Right. But it's like, well, anything we do really needs to be very removable that right. we can take with right. us. And as the, as the homeowner who's renting, right, I'm not gonna make a, huge, a bunch of huge upgrades. Right. I'm no. make, you know, right. try to keep the house in the market. Yes. Right. But I'm not spending a ton of money on making your house, you know, the, the latest rendition on things either. So that's one of the things you miss out on. Right. But the benefits of moving into a new city and renting. Right. And, and not having any of the extra payments. So if the air conditioning unit goes out, it's not your bill. Right. right? If you know something fails, it's not yours. But you're also not getting the value. And so you would say that if you're moving into a new city, Right, or you're just fresh out of college. Renting may be for a short term. Right, for a short term, a something to look at. So, when do you move from the renting to buying? What are the, what are the? I would say once things? you feel pretty certain that this is a job that's going to work for you, and okay. this is a city that's going to work for you, and my son and his wife feel pretty confident they're staying in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was time to purchase. Okay. And you know, so whatever they paid in rent to that individual for 18 months, while it was nice to have a place to live, they walked away from that and had zero in there pocket and he had more of his home paid down mm -hmm. that my son helped pay for. Yeah. And I've got landlords I represent. They own three, four, six rental homes and they are thrilled that other people are basically paying for their mortgage while right. they just had to buy the home. Yeah. So, you know, 18 months seemed like a good number for him. Um, I've got other young young clients that I work with that are maybe a couple of years out of college and you, you just got to stop the bleeding at some point that you're just bleeding money into rent that you will never see any return on at all. Right. So if you're talking about somebody's renting for five years, terrible. That's a, yeah. That's a bad financial yeah, stewardship two, two years, part. Because what happens is um, once you buy the home, you're starting to pay down on your principal. Okay. You have a benefit with your taxes, which we can talk about, that you will pay less income tax because of home ownership. You have no benefit when you're renting. But then the real big thing is three years, five years, seven years from now, you decide it's time for your next house. When you sell this house, typically in Dallas at least, 
We used to go up uh, anywhere from three to six percent a year. This last year, it's been ten to twelve to fifteen percent mm-hmm. a year. So while you're sitting in your home making your payments rather than rent, your payment itself is less than rent would have been for that same house. I've got some examples with me. Mm-hmm. It's going up in value. You're getting tax benefits. You can make improvements because it's your home. And you're just digging a little deeper roots in your neighborhood and yeah. your community. This is where we live. They enjoyed their first neighborhood going back to my son, but they knew this isn't our permanent neighborhood. So how, how well do we want to get to know these people? What How deep of relationships do we want here? But now over here in this other neighborhood, we've just now bought a home. That's probably a place we want to dig some deeper roots get to know the neighbors, get outside in our yard. I mean, a yard when you're renting, you're spending money on landscaping and beautification that's not yours. When you own it though, now this this represents me to my neighbors. Let me get out there and beautify. You wanna add a covered patio. You wanna do some kind of cool sitting area. You wanna paint some walls, change blinds. You own it. It's yours, and that value is going to be there when you go to sell it. Yeah. So, now, Trish and I, in our first house, one of the things we did, right, we changed a lot of our floors, right, and put in tile floors. We changed um, some of the things in the in the kitchen and added some, you know, some marble and things like that. Really, you know, upgraded the value of our home while we were living there, um, which, you know, was an expenditure of ours, right? So we put money out to do that. But when you sold the home, you got a lot of that money back, if not more. Right. Because now it's not a Formica, you know, countertop. Now it's a marble countertop and somebody's willing to pay more for that. And so even if you're living in a home and you're having to spend money on the upkeep and the take care of. Right. When you sell that home, sometimes a lot of that money comes back to you. Yeah. But so there's two different things you're spending money on. You've touched on both of them. One is maintenance. And when a person is buying a home, a pre-owned home, they do want to look at your maintenance history. Okay. If your air conditioner is 20 years old, but the home down the street, the air conditioner is two years old. Yes. Your roof is 20 years old, but the neighbor down the street replaced the roof three years ago. Yeah. So they're looking at what's called a seller's disclosure, where you've listed everything you've done, and it definitely benefits you to have well-maintained your home. But then the second thing they're also looking at is the cosmetics, definitely. I mean, HGTV has just gone crazy with Mm. uh, people wanting to watch. How do you... And this is where a real estate agent with a long history of experience comes in so well. I have people call me all the time and they say, we think we want to sell in five years. Would you come do a walkthrough with us today? Yeah. We have 10 projects in mind. Right. Which three make the most sense? And I will tell you, there are projects you can do... 120, 130% of what you spent, yeah. you'll get back. Kitchen. There's others you do, you're just throwing money out the window. Yeah. It's just, that's something that you'll do because you'll enjoy it. Yes. But you're not going to get a you're benefit. Not get the value we make back. sure that we talk through that. But yeah. uh, people do. What wanna... is that? Is that that farmer's sink or something like that? In the yeah, kitchen? maybe something like that. Yeah. Or energy what? efficient windows. Oh, well, they okay. make you feel really, really good that you're going to save 20 or $30 a month on your electric bill. You're spending twenty or thirty thousand dollars, and you're not going to get that money back. Someone's probably. just not going to buy your house over that house because of that. Okay. It may be a nice cherry on top of the Sunday, but yeah. is it that that thirty thousand they're not going to pay? Not yeah. and even um, you know solar panels. People are just really being drawn in with people selling them some big ticket items that the next buyer may or may, may not or, be interested yeah. in. May or may not but be a beautiful in. kitchen, a beautiful master bathroom. Nice flooring. You don't want old, dated, nasty carpet. Right. Yeah, so every, a lot of people go into wood, sur- wood surface floors or hard surface floors, tile, travertine, even luxury vinyl, getting away from carpet if they have kids and pets. Fresh paint on the outside, pretty landscaping. Just weed the beds and 
you're presenting this is what you're presenting when yeah. you know the buyer's coming but you're getting to, it's better to do it five years before you sell than three months before you sell because okay. you're going to enjoy it for a while yeah and we we are constantly doing projects at my own home knowing someday we're going to go to sell and I don't want to be like that guy that sells and hasn't touched his house in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then I come in and say, your home is $100,000 off yep. from where it should be. You got to spend and, all that yeah, money and it. Do you want to catch it. up or do you want to take less? Okay, so big, big pitfalls, right? Your, your big red flags um, when, when you're going out and looking for homes. What are the things that you're going to tell a buyer, mm. hey, watch out for yeah. this, this, and this? What, what are the big things? Well, the beauty of technology is we're able to catch some of those before we even go okay and so it's a major negative to back to railroad tracks okay power lines very busy roads like the street off of i-75 okay um just because water of water towers like noise and traffic um, or... a combination of aesthetics the power lines out your back window the water tower out your back window or the noise of the train that goes by four times a day so, so if those things don't bother you those are probably homes that you could probably get at a better deal. Better deal, okay. but it will take you longer to sell later because okay. they bother 80% of the people. I got you. Okay. okay. So you Good. want something that has the least amount of detrimental things about it that are not changeable. Right. And busy street, railroad gonna, tracks, yeah, power lines, that. water tower. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, after that, you know, just the, the feel. Some people only want to face north-south. Some people are okay with east-west based on just afternoon sun is beating on their backyard. And little details like that you kind of get into. But one of the first things I do when someone gives me five homes they want to see is I click on the address of each and say, hey, did you notice this backs to legacy? Okay. Just be aware there's going to be some noise back there. Right. You know, afternoons, mornings. Let's look at it at five in the afternoon, see what the worst would be. Because if we go look at it one in the afternoon, you may not have really a sense. Yeah. And if you cook out a lot, you're in your backyard a lot, that just may not be. Yeah. Power lines, I've had a lot of people look into that and not bothered by the electromagnetic field of it mm -hmm. or causing cancer or anything like that. But just to look to every day, you look out your back patio and you see this huge tower like they have around Plano. I think that's a bit of a negative. Let's go find you something else okay, that's so you, in a neighborhood. You probably wouldn't suggest a person buy a home then sight unseen. Right? Like no, you, you want I've, them to, to walk the property and, okay. and see it at different times. Good point. Okay. I've done that more this year than I ever have before. Uh, yeah. This is because a weird of year. the craziness. Yes. But in every case, I went to the house okay. and I FaceTimed them from the house. Gotcha. Technology's allowed us to do that. Yeah. And I would start at the street and I'd show all the neighbors. I'd walk them through the front door. Okay. Go outside, each room. So there are ways to kind of mitigate that a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And I would say this is a huge red flag. This yep. looks like it's yep. got a foundation problem. Or this neighbor's house looks like it's just in disarray. That's going to hurt your value. Yeah. So, you, you did that for us a number of years ago. Trisha and I found an incredible home. Mm. It was so, it was, mm. it was a beautiful home. The value of it was $100,000 under what it should have been. And we, we love that home. And Fred um, had, a, had a concern uh, because there's a large crack that ran up the side of the home that you could actually stick your hand from the outside mm. through the wall into the inside. Um, and he said, you know, hey, this house has some serious foundation problems. And all Trisha and I could see was beautiful home, $100,000 cheaper. And Fred kept on going back to that. Okay, that's great. But this is not going to be something you just kind of spackle and paint over. Right, right. <laughs> yes. So I can't imagine, um, you know, the, uh, the, the people like us that you have to take out and you have yes. to shatter their dreams when you tell them yes. they can't buy this because the foundation issue is going to be 
you know, $20,000 to fix and you've got to address this and you've got to address that. So I think having a good real estate agent, you know, and let's let's actually ask this question because there's a lot of different ways you can buy a home now mm. without a real estate agent, mm. right? Yeah, I'm, I'm saving that, you know, 3%, 6%, right? So um, what's the value of having a real estate agent like, you know, boots on the ground? What's the value of having you there as opposed to saving the money and just going through something that doesn't so one of the biggest surprises for buyers when I'm meeting with them is to find out that they pay zero for my service. Okay. So you have 28 years of a lot of houses and a lot of different clients in different situations as your eyes and ears and, and input and, and looking at market analysis and history in the neighborhood at zero cost to you. When someone lists their home, I know all throughout Texas, I would think every state, the seller agrees to pay a commission that's split between a listing agent and a buyer's agent. Okay. So I'm automatically covered in the cost of the home, but I, I put eyes on the home. I will point things out to you as we're walking through that concern me that we want to be sure the inspector looks at, mm -hmm. or in your case, something that's so far <laughs> gone and you're not, you don't have deep pockets. You're not an investor that's got all these contractors that work for you on the side. Right. You're a family moving into the home. So... And then when you say, I like this home, is 250000 Fred, is 250000 I can afford that according to my mortgage guy, but is that a good price for this home? What I do then is I'll go and look at a, a six-month history, a three-month history of that neighborhood, homes about that size, mm -hmm. about that same amount of updating, and they're all selling for two forty to two sixty. Gosh, it looks like they're priced kind of right in the middle of the market. That's, but if you're, if you're going out there blindly with no agent and it's not saving you a commission... You're just walking through a home looking at a pretty house, but maybe missing structural issues. Gotcha. Do you get a good home inspector that's recommended to you? And then uh, do you know that it's a fair price? Yep. And that's that's things that you, I mean, I wouldn't ever, if I was accused of a very serious crime, I would never want to go and try to do attorney by owner. Yeah. And But there's people every day think that just for sell by owner or to buy by owner, and they're some, gonna, someone's they're saving the commission. Right? And both sides say that they're saving the commission. Right. The listing agent, the seller says, well, I'm going to save the commission. And the buyer thinks, well, I have no representation. I should save the commission. And it's just, I think you're better off to make it. This is a huge purchase. I wouldn't do it on my own. Yeah. I want to have someone to guide me. And I will say, um, so having the relationship with you, right? One of the things that you just, you just mentioned um, was all the different um, people that you get to meet in the business. Right. So the electricians and the home repair and all the different things that I think um, in our relationship, I've, you know, contacted you um, at least a couple times a year asking for, hey, do you know a good guy who does this? Do you know a good person who does this? Do you know a good company, a reputable company that does X, Y and Z? And you've always given me fantastic people Excellent. to Great. do different work on the home. So. Right. If I just bought the home by myself and didn't have all those connections, right? Well, here's the deal. I mean, I'm going to own the home for another 10 years and right. things will happen. And I've got to figure out, right, if I move into a new community, yeah, you're there, you're established, you know people, you've built relationships, you can refer and recommend great people to be able to maintain, right, and upgrade right. my home. So that's, a, that's another thing I think I people love forget that part about of the, service. the real estate agent. And what's funny is I've had a couple of times where someone would say, Fred, you gave me this number of this granite person. I don't know. I'm just not getting through. I go, hold on. Hold on. And yeah. 10 minutes later, like, she just called. What did you do? And yeah. I said, well, I send a lot of business their way. Yeah. I don't get any kickbacks. I don't want any kickbacks. But I, they do a great job. And sometimes they just get so busy, they don't realize you're connected to me. Let me just yeah. let them know That's you're the reason. Fantastic. I'm the reason you're calling. And they, 
they suddenly come alive. Yeah, that's great. And I, anyone that I've ever recommended, I've also had in my own home, and I've watched them right. do their work and who the crews are and yeah. make sure that so I was you know, happy with what good. they did. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, any last um, piece of advice for a young person especially, right? This could be for somebody older doing it as well, but just a young person looking to go – uh, and buy a home. Um, any last things that they need to be thinking Great. about? Great. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, there's a huge misunderstanding that you need 20% down. And I don't, that came along, oh, 10, 15 years ago. But it's never been everyone has to have 20% down. Okay. So I've met young people, kids of friends of mine that say, well, we just don't have $50,000, which is 20% of 250000 mm-hmm. Big misunderstanding. You can get in a home today for 3 or 3.5% three down. And then three percent would cover all of your closing costs. Okay. So, for instance, a two—that's a little different. Yes, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> wow. home, three and a half percent down is eighty-seven fifty. Three percent in closing cost is seventy-five hundred. So sixteen thousand two fifty for a two fifty home. Take whatever number your number is and right. do six and a half percent. That's just the minimum. Now, in Jacksonville, Florida, where the market's not quite as hot as it is in Dallas, mm-hmm. my son got the seller to pay the 3% closing cost, which is allowed okay. by mortgage standards. Okay. So that you're able to do down payment and have the seller pay. That's maybe in more of a buyer's market. Dallas, that's not happening not right happening now. Right. Yep. So have your six. And then the other thing, part of that 16250 in this case, can be a gift from a grandparent, a parent. They can give up to 3% gift. Your mom says, I want to kick into your house purchase. That's awesome. So you're talking about eight dollars or $9,000. And then this was really interesting. At today's interest rate, a $250,000 home, which is kind of a typical starting point uh, for some young people, is 1800 a month at today's interest rate. Okay. 1800 a month. Okay. When I started in real estate, it was always 1% of the purchase price. So it would have been 2500 a month. Really? But because interest rates have come down so much, and, and what's amazing to me is you're renting a $250,000 home today for about 2000 a month. Sure. So $1,800 now you own it, you're building equity. And another thing that a lot of young people don't realize is all the taxes you pay at the end of the year and all the interest you pay for the whole year, you get to write that right off your income on mm. your income tax. When you're renting, you have zero, zero. write-off. Yep. So you take your combined income is 80000 a year, less your taxes, less your interest, you get to write off almost 15000 and then pay you income tax on the difference. Yeah. So it's just the, the benefits. And then, of course, you, you're, you're building equity as you go. It's uh, it's really, really easy to, to, to get in with the, the money down that's required today. The interest rates are 3 3 3.25%, which is amazing historically. And then the number one thing that I would want to say as you are ready to buy a home is don't call the person's name on the sign. Okay. The person's name on the sign represents the seller. Right. So you need somebody to represent you. Right. So buyer. you need to talk around your workplace or around your church, um, get word of mouth. I get so many recommendations from people at their workplace who know someone who just bought yep. a home from me, and it just it well, ripples down. Speak, speaking of, so we're in the DFW, Dallas, right, Fort Worth area. Right. Right. You're an agent here. One right. of the things I ask you yes. is... Hey, Fred, there's a, a guy in Connecticut who's listening, right? And he wants to buy a house or sell a house. Can you do that for him in Connecticut? And you said, no, but I might know somebody, right? right? I might know an agent in Connecticut. I might know an agent in you know Denver. I might know an agent in L.A., right? So um, your name and information is now going to be out there. Right, fantastic, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah. So um, they can look you up and they can say, hey, I trust this guy. Who are the people that you trust? Yes. Right. And I think that's a really important thing, right? Is is you know not just 
finding somebody out of a you know phone book, right? Well, back in our day, right. uh, or finding somebody yeah. you know, on Google, right? But you know, asking in your church, asking you know people that you know, right? Or if you don't have somebody that's trusted, right? Well, I'm telling you, I, I trust Fred Villa, mm-hmm. um, and he will find somebody for yes, you yes. in that area. So, yeah, I went on an appointment this week with a, um, a couple in their 80s, and they're in Dallas, mm-hmm. and they're ready to go back to Colorado, and they treated me like family because their Colorado agent said, Fred and I have done many transactions yeah. together. He's referred them up my way, I've referred them down his way, and whatever he says goes, I get amazing reviews from the people I've referred to him. So I walk into a home in Dallas, Texas, uh, less than a mile from my house, just by George Bush Turnpike, and they like... Fred, you're the guy. Tempe says great things about you. Mm-hmm. We're going with you. He is our guy up there. If he says, and so I can do that for you. You say, hey, I want to move to this city. Another good client and friend of mine that lives in Plano, their son was buying their first home uh, up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. located a great age. And they said, oh my gosh, it's like another Fred up there. We were, his awesome. attention to detail, years of experience. And then I get a little bit of a referral fee for making that connection. Yeah, so it's great. just, a, but yeah, don't just willy nilly call off a sign, someone you don't know if they've been in the business a month or what kind of uh, ethics they have, who they're really looking out for, especially, again, what amazes people when they hear this is the buyer pays no commission for their agent. So why would you use a one-month brand-new agent doesn't really know what they're doing versus a 25-, 30-year referred agent who sold hundreds and hundreds of homes, always with great, great reviews, that's the person you really want on your corner. I love it. So how, how, wait, how, do, how do we find you? We're yeah, so my uh, website is fredvilla.com, F-R-E-D-V as in Victor, I-L-L-A, fredvilla.com. Yep. That'll link you to me. Email is fred at fredvilla.com. Very easy to find. You'll see Google reviews, Zillow reviews, realtor.com reviews. Uh, everyone I work with has got some warm lead to me, and yep. I just love taking care of them and looking out for their best interests but I get to make a good living doing that. That's awesome. So that's a, well, a double well, you, you've helped me and my family, um, and I just appreciate the wisdom that we're able to share with the next people out there who are looking to establish right, a, uh, a home in a community where they can make a difference. Right. So build that equity, um, get that home, get plugged in, uh, find a good home, find a good church. Right. A, a good home to, yes. to, you know, to, to have your family and a good mm-hmm. church family. Uh, those are super, super important for you, so I hope this will be helpful for you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, Be strong and show yourself a man.